ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. It is time for our Elias Sports Bureau segment. Randy Robles joins us. Of course, the Elias Game Plan app is your ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball access. Team player news, stats, head-to-head team comparisons, you name it. If you play fantasy, you gamble, you definitely want the Elias Game Plan app. And again, Randy Robles joins us from the Elias Sports Bureau, and we're going to break down a few games, and we're going to start first and foremost with the Rams going up against the Cards. The Rams are favored by one and a half. The over-unders at 40 and a half. With that being said, Randy, give us what are your Elias insights on this Rams matchup? Yeah, this, you know, you know after last week's performance the Rams had against Tampa Bay. It breaks my heart to even pick them, but I. But I mean, the numbers are just so overwhelmingly in their favor. It's it's impossible to ignore. Uh, they've beaten the Cards eleven out of the last twelve times they've met. Um, the uh, the Cards are zero and six in the last six games against the NFC West. They've lost all six of those games by at least seven points. So they're getting killed in their own division. They've had no success against the Rams, uh, and in particular, Tyler Murray in his last three games against the Rams, been particularly uh, ineffective, no touchdowns, either passing or running, four interceptions. And most salient to me, his last two games against them, six and eight yards running, rushing. So, you know, you, you think of um, his, his greatest asset is his legs, at least um, that seemed to be the case a, a year or a year and a half ago, that um, – that has been neutralized by the Rams defense who have just made a living on destroying the, uh, the cards. And um, it's only, it's only one and a half. Uh, it is right now, at least one and a half point uh, spread. So I think the, the cards is the, the savvy move right there. Uh, excuse me. The, the Rams is a savvy move right there. Yeah. I mean, my, my only concern is, uh, you know, obviously is, is Matthew Stafford going to play or not? And, um, you know, so uh, th- there's no denying, right? Like in regard to uh, just how dominant McVeigh has been in this matchup. Um, yeah. You know, and and it's not like it's not like Matthew Stafford has been, um, you know, wowing the world this season. Right. Uh, right. That's you know, thing. right? Like maybe maybe a change of pace at the quarterback position is exactly what the doctor ordered for this Rams team. I I, I mean, listen, I yeah. don't know. But uh, but I just I, I find this matchup to be quite quite interesting. Um, yeah. By the by the way, and, Anita, I thought that was the. I know we're talking to a lot of uh, Rams fans out there in LA, and I mean, my heart goes out to you, those Rams fans. That was the worst loss I, I think I've seen all year for any team. What what happened to them against uh, Tom Brady and the um, and the Bucks? I mean, just the double wave of having to endure. You know, first and goal from the seven-yard line, 
with three minutes left, and you survive those four plays to the end zone. You survive them. And then you get the ball back, and you kick it back, and now you have to go through it all again with 30 seconds left and, and, and no timeouts, and, and they come back and they, they come down and score. I mean, that was like the worst stomach punch I could ever imagine as a, as a fan or, or, in my case, as a gambler. Yeah, yeah, I, that's exactly a great, great definition of, of a stomach punch for sure. Uh, the Chargers going up against the 49ers. The 49ers coming off of a bye and I don't know about you, Randy, but I'm so excited to see what Kyle Shanahan is going to do with Christian McCaffrey along with Debo Samuel. Uh, this is going to yeah. be really interesting. But the 49ers are favored by seven. It's a lot. 45 and a half is the over-under. What are your Elias insights pertaining to this Chargers matchup? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of points, you would think, at first sight. However, if you look at it, it's, it's going to be the ultimate matchup of one team's strength against another team's weakness. In, in this case, the Rams have the 29th ranked run defense in the, excuse me, the Rams, the uh, Chargers have the 29th ranked run defense in the NFL. And San Fran's going to run all over them. I mean, it's going to be the, like the Debo and McCaffrey show. They're going to, they're going to run for 200 yards combined. Uh, so I, I just see that happening all day, you know, and on, on the other side of the ball, San, San Fran has a top ranked, run defense in the league. So when you look at that, uh, seven points doesn't seem like so much, you know, and, and, and San Fran's been great at home, you know, six and one over the last seven home games. Um, and uh, I just think, I think, I think too much of a, a more complete, I, I, I see San Fran going to the Super Bowl this year. And I know you like Philadelphia coming out of the, the, um, the NFC, Anita. However, I just got a feeling about San Fran, especially with their revamped offense now. And I think you're going to see this weekend them in like fourth and fifth gear and what they can really do, especially against this terrible rush defense. The, like I said, the 29th ranked run defense in the league. It could be just, just a display of, uh, of uh, uh, just a, 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 a clinical ground attack. I, I, I don't doubt it. Um, in fact, one of my favorite plays in this is, uh, is, is C-Mac over rushing and receiving yards against a, a Chargers defense that just is, of course, is god-awful uh, against the run. That's for sure. Here's the thing. I'm with you on the 49ers now. I wasn't with you with the 49ers with Trey Lance as the quarterback. But yeah. I, am with, I am with you with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback. In fact, one of yeah. my, one of my uh, preseason futures bets was that the 49ers would not make it to the playoffs because they were rolling with Trey Lance. But it just right, so happened. Right. And again, I, I feel bad. You know, you never want to see anybody get injured. But mm -hmm. of course, that's what's happened. And so now Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback. And uh, listen, he's got four multi-TD games. He's averaging 8.2 yards per pass. You know, he's it's just, huge. he's just, he's, he's just, he's a smart quarterback and he's utilizing all the talents and all the weapons that are around him. So, you know, so, so God bless. I, I mean, it, listen, it's, it's working for him. So I, I hear what you're saying. Last but not least, let's talk about this Giants Texans game. And uh, the Giants are favored by four, four and a half in some places. The over under is at 40 and a half. Here's the thing. The, the, like, why you know four and a half against the Texans and a Giants team coming mm -hmm. off of a bye? Like to me, I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna mortgage my I'm gonna mortgage my mortgage 
on <laughs> like 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 I don't I don't I don't understand this line. I think this line should be seven and a half. So I don't understand it. So I'm really intrigued to hear your Elias insights on this matchup. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I this this one is an eye popper to me. They're uh, obviously a winning team coming off a bye against a a weak team on the road. And again, it's another matchup of strength versus weakness. Um, you look at the the run game of, of, of the Giants with Saquon and, and even Daniel Jones uh, going against a team that is the is the worst team, the number 32 team in the NFL against the run. They're, they're allowing 180 yards on the ground per game. That's unbelievable. So these guys are going to go bananas. Um, and if that wasn't enough fuel for the fire, the Giants' D is – is in the top five in third down conversion percentage, so stopping third down. And Houston's been brutal on third down offensively, uh, just four for 23 over the last two games. So you have just a um, matchup, not only like on, on offense, but on defense. You know, both sides of the ball, this looks like a massive advantage for, for the Giants, like you say, coming off a bye and, um, you know, with a positive record and a lot of lot of mojo going. Now, the one thing is, I believe five of their eight games have been decided by six or fewer points, and that's probably why it's a low it's a lower spread. But um, still, think against a, a weak team with uh, gaping deficiencies that match up, unfortunately, very well for the Giants' strengths. I think this is going. This has this has like ten point double digit victory written all over it. Yeah, I, I hear you, and, and I just, I, I just, I'm, in, I'm envisioning like Saquon Barkley like running for days, right? Oh my <laughs> like, gosh, yeah, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. Even, uh, so, even Daniel Jones, you know, uh, you know, when he gets flushed or whatever, he has to make his runs. He's going to run for seventy-five yards as well. You know, so I'm just, the, just the the fact that this line is only four and a half, I, I just, I don't get it, and it, and it, it, it frightens me a little bit. Not going to lie frightens me a little you bit know, like what like you know, what do the odds makers know that we don't randy well that's the thing when people this is what i've gathered over the years is when the when the spread is something like four and a half that means vegas doesn't know they, they don't know it's it's it could, you know usually it's it's three or it's six or seven but four and a half means we know what we we have no idea what's going to happen in this game and anything could happen i think i, I that's what i believe is is that's what i think when i see a, a spread of four and a half it's just a, such a weird spread and an indecisive kind of spread, and, and if you really believe in, in the Giants, and it's it's um, it's it's a no brainer to take to, to to give the points. And and I do, Randy. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Always appreciate your time. Again, just want to, want to remind folks the Elias Game Plan app. Make sure you download it. Your one source for all the player news, league validated player stats, and also you get expert guidance with chat. Send your questions uh, via the app. They'll respond as well. And you get 25% off your first month when you choose the subscription and use the promo code ANITA25. So, Randy, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Again, this is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Very, very proud to get to the eighth win here. Um, very important for us as a program. Uh, we didn't play our best on really any of the sides. 
Uh, didn't have a very good first half offensively. Did not finish the game well defensively. Um, made some big special teams plays, uh, but also gave up a few, obviously, especially the the uh, the onside kick. So um, obviously a lot to improve on. We know we're going to have to improve, uh, but if you can improve by winning, you're going to you'll be there in the end. Lincoln Riley talking about USC as USC and US UCLA going up against some uh, softies this week with all due respect to Colorado and Arizona. We're going to get to that in just a second. If you're just tuning in to bet LA, uh, Carolina takes care of uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Really unbelievable. 25 to 15. And of course we've got Tyler and Rebecca who are producing the show. And we were talking in, in one of the breaks, just marinating the fact that PJ Walker a quarterback who played for the UFL helped Carolina beat an Atlanta Falcons team while they have both the number one and number two pick overall in with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold in their, in, in their selective, in their draft. <laughs> and they were on the bench. They did nothing. And you've got a, a, a quarterback who played in the UFL uh, come in and, and help this Carolina Panthers team take care of it, the Atlanta Falcons 25-15. to 15. I would share numbers with you, but they're just they're, they're so depressing uh, that I'll, I'll spare it. And I'll spare you. I'll, I'll spare you the misery. Uh, I'll let you go home and log on to your fantasy team and, and, and see exactly how horrible they were. Um, Wizards took care of the Mavericks tonight, 113 to 105. The Hawks took down the 76ers, 104 to 95. The Heat over the Hornets, 117 to 112. And the Portland Trailblazers, without Damian Lillard, taking care of the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, 106 to 95. At least I won something tonight. That's a positive. Uh, but talking about USC and UCLA, so uh, this is this is unbelievable. USC, do you guys see this? USC is favored by 34 points. I mean, that's an over under in some games. Not not a line. <laughs> unbelievable. The over under is 65 and a half. So how am I going to play this? I'm I'm going to be looking for the USC team total and I'll probably play the over. I wouldn't be surprised if Caleb Williams passes for, I don't know, almost 400 yards and five touchdowns. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, as we know, they average 40 points a game, and they will they, they will put up at least 40 points against this Colorado defense. Um, that is 130th in scoring defense in college football. They're allowing 230 rushing yards per game, so Travis Dye should have a field day against this Colorado defense. So uh, in UCLA as well, going up against Arizona, uh, they are last in rushing defense. So UCLA is favored by 20. The over-under is 77. I do like the under in this matchup, but also um, Charbonnet, I'm going to play the over in rushing yards for him, again, because Arizona has the absolute worst rushing defense in all of college football. As uh, you know, neither of these games excite me, but obviously next week when USC takes on UCLA, that's going to be a good one. Earlier today, I was hosting Bet, our ESPN digital gambling show. 
Tyler Fulgham, who's my partner in crime on Daily Wager. You can watch us Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. Him and I sat down and we talked about some of the big games on the college football slate in our picks. Let's listen in. We've got some exciting college football coming your way on Saturday. Let's start first and foremost with Alabama coming off a disappointing overtime loss to LSU. And now he, Nick Saban Nick gets to go up against Lane Kiffin. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. So uh, Alabama, no favorite here by 12. The over-under is at 64 and a half. What's your play in this matchup, Tyler? I'm going to play this game over. It's creeping up a little bit. So it looks like the market is kind of seeing what I'm seeing here. When we look at this matchup, Ole Miss at home, we know Lane Kiffin, his bread and butter, fast pace, tempo offense. And since they are at home, more access to the playbook, even though it's not quite the same as it is in the NFL, being able to make those checks at the line of scrimmage, being able to communicate with your quarterback, with your offensive line from the sideline and get yourself into the best play possible against an Alabama defense. Let's just face it, Anita. They're pretty average. I know Will Anderson is a dynamic talent, might be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, but Alabama's defense just isn't as dominant as we have been used to seeing in Nick Saban's tenure. So I think Ole Miss at home can put points on the board, and if that's the case, they will push and they will challenge Bryce Young, the defending Heisman Trophy winner, to put points on the board against an Ole Miss defense that is certainly not the strength of that team. So I'm going over 64 and a half. Yeah, I, I love Ole Miss in this spot. Lane Kiffin came out this week and uh, said that Nick Saban was the greatest of all time. I'm sure that got in his crawl because I'm sure it was tongue-in-cheek. But more importantly for Alabama, this is just not your typical Alabama team this season. 78 penalties, you know, for, for a head coach that's so strict like Nick Saban. It's just uncharacteristic. Of, of his squad and we talked about it on daily wager earlier today and that is you know guys go they commit they agree to go to alabama to win a national championship how many times are guys on an alabama squad tyler coming in to play a game when they've already got two losses on the season and chances are no shot at all to play for a national championship i think nick saban's gonna have to do a hell of a coaching job to get these guys up and ready to play against ole miss so uh, I'm all over Ole Miss. I love them getting the points. Washington's going up against Oregon as well this week. Oregon's favorite by 13. The over-under is at 72 and a half. What's your play? Yeah, that is a massive number. Uh, I kind of lean to the under, but my official play was in my college. Triple option plays today on Daily Wager. I'm laying the points with Oregon. Oregon has been wildly surprising. They lose that season opener against Georgia 49-3. They've won every game since then. And Bo Nix, yes, Bo Nix, run out of Auburn, wasn't great there, has been really, really good with one of the most potent offenses in all of FBS. The big reason I'm willing to lay this rather large number is because Oregon's home field advantage is legit. Outson Stadium, one of the best home field advantages in all of college football, not just the Pac-12. They are an awesome home team. They're undefeated. 4-0 ATS at home this season. Meanwhile, Washington, they have a pretty nice home field advantage. Well, guess what? This game ain't at Husky Stadium. It is at Outson. On the road this season, the Huskies have failed to cover every single road game so far. I'm leaning into those trends. It is a big number. I just hope the Oregon Ducks win by two touchdowns because that home field advantage at Outson. Yeah, you talk about Bo Nix. God bless the transfer portal, right? <laughs> right um, exactly. Unbelievable. 
And and their offense has just been like number two in yards per game, putting up over 500 yards. They're averaging 40 points a game. And, you know, no disrespect to this Washington team. And you talked about how they struggle on the road. On paper, they look great. But I just see so many inconsistencies uh, with them this season. So I'm with you. I'm all over Oregon. I'll lay the 13. Last but not least, this is my favorite game on the slate this week. I can't wait to see this one. I am all about, I'm wearing purple on Saturday, Tyler. TCU going against Texas. Texas is favored by seven. And the over-under is at 65 are we on the same side here? Um, I'm on the total. I don't know if we're on the same side of this total, but I'm going to go under 65. I'm pretty sure, based on what I've heard you say, Anita, that you think kind of the wrong team is favored here, or that there's certainly tremendous value on TCU because they're undefeated catching a touchdown. I think what the market is trying to tell us here is that Texas can keep this game at least close. That's their favorite, for crying out loud. And if that's the case... It may not play out to the normal TCU game scripts that we're used to. When you think TCU, you think a lot of points. You think a scoring bonanza. But, of course, Texas has a very strong run game with Bijan Robinson. That speed up the clock. And if they are to win this game, they can't let TCU score 40, 45 points, right? I don't know. It's the Big 12, maybe. They can win a 50 to 44 shootout. But I'm just going to go under here thinking that the market is trying to tell me how this game script is going to go with Texas favored by seven at home. It's not going to play to the normal shootout that we see in the Big 12, especially when TCU is involved. Are we feeling the same way about this game? I don't think so. Uh, First of all, as I said, I'm wearing purple on Saturday. I'm all about TCU. Give me the points as well. And I like the over here. Uh, You know, this is a Texas. This is a Texas defense. I'm not sold on. I think TCU is going to run all over them. And on top of that, deep uh, defensively, they're one of the worst teams in college football against explosive passing plays. So I think Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator, is going to be like, pick your poison. I think whatever he's going to want to do against this Texas defense, I think he's going to be able to accomplish. So I know this is going to be their biggest road test yet, but I believe in TCU. And there's so much on the line, obviously, to stay in the top four as well as winning the Big 12. So uh, I like I like TCU and I like the over. Tyler, this is where we say hasta la vista, baby. Enjoy uh, the Thursday night game in, in, in La Vegas. I'll be back. Again, uh, Tyler Fulgham, uh, Doug Kazarian, Joe Fortenball, Aaron Dolan, myself. Uh, we have a fun time uh, hosting uh, Daily Wager. Again, that's uh, each each and every night, Monday through Friday, and then on, on Sundays we're on at nine a.m. Monday through nine a.m. Eastern time, uh, six a.m. of course Pacific, and uh, and Monday through Friday we're on from six to seven p.m. Eastern time as well, uh, three to four. Pacific. So we have a, a lot of fun each and every day uh, just talking about the hot topics and, of course, uh, spinning them in a way that hopefully always helps people win some money. Not always, but at least if you're 56, 57 percent right all the time, uh, then then that's a great thing. <laughs> all right. When we come back, uh, let, let's talk about what's going on with the Buffalo Bills, specifically Josh Allen. And, um, and, and the Minnesota Vikings. There's a chance Josh Allen is not going to play. If that's the case, Case Keenum. See what I did there? Um, case Keenum would get the start for the Buffalo Bills against his former team, the Minnesota Vikings. 
so we'll dive into that. Also, um, I, I think I think we should talk about what's going on in Las Vegas, not just uh, what just happened with Tyler Fulgham and I, but uh, of course the Raiders getting ready to take on the Indianapolis Colts with Jeff Saturday now as the head coach. A lot of changes with the Colts. How would you play this matchup? We'll dive into both those games next, right here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Uh, certainly respect you guys. I'll have a job to do. Um, so I'll give you what I've got on Josh is uh, uh, he's day-to-day. And the next question will be, is he going to play? And the answer is, we'll see. Um, so based on the medical report that, that we have, uh, Josh is day-to-day. That's uh, Bill's head coach McDermott talking about, obviously, Josh Allen uh, hurt his, uh, his elbow in the game against the Jets. And, um, and you know, there's, uh, there's, there's talk and speculation that um, the injury could, if, if it's worse or if it does get worse, uh, he could possibly have to have Tommy John surgery. And if that's the case, then he's out a minimum of year um, of a year uh, once he does have the surgery. So everything that I'm hearing and I'm being told is that uh, he is not going to play this week, uh, that it's going to be Case Keenum. But again, nothing is being reported until we hear, you know, it's not my job to break news. It's Adam Schefter's and Woj and those guys. Um, I don't envy what they do. Uh, it's I would imagine it's very stressful because you're always trying to, like, beat the next guy in regards to the breaking news. But nonetheless, uh, everything that I'm hearing in, in, in the circles of people that I know in the NFL is that Case Keenum more than likely is going to get the start. So the Buffalo Bills right now uh, favored by three and a half. The over-under is at 43 and a half. Again, earlier today, I uh, I hosted our Bet Digital show that airs on ESPN Plus and sat down with uh, Kevin Seifert as well as uh, Alana Getzenberg. Now, Kevin covers the Minnesota Vikings. Alana covers the Buffalo Bills. And so I wanted to do a deeper dive into this matchup because, listen, this is a Vikings team. They're 7-1. and one. Chances are they're going to win their division. This is a Bills team sitting at 6-2, and two, and that's a very competitive AFC East right now with the Jets surprising a lot of folks and playing so well, as well as the Miami Dolphins. So I wanted a, a better understanding of, of what to expect in this matchup. And so I start with my conversation with Kevin Seifert, again, covering the Minnesota Vikings. All right, uh, we've got a big game happening this week in the NFL, right? It's the Minnesota Vikings going up against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills might not have Josh Allen. Let's let's touch in, of course, with Kevin Seifert with the Minnesota Vikings first and foremost. We're going to take you to Buffalo as well. But, uh, Kevin, let's, let's first talk about how about Dalvin Cook, right? Let's focus on him. The Bills, their rushing defense was excellent the first seven weeks of the season but has allowed 191 rushing yards in their last two games. So how much do you feel that this running game is going to play a big role uh, in, in the Vikings game plan on Sunday against the Bills? 
Oh, I think they want to run it a lot if they can. You know, some of it will depend on whether the game is close or not. But as long as it is, uh, they've, they've done that all season. Dalvin Cook is averaging, I believe, it's 16 carries a game. He's had 20 carries, three different games. And really, the only game he hasn't had a lot of carries in is when they fell behind really early in week two to the Eagles. And I think he had six carries in that game. And so whenever they've been close in a game, they've used him a fair bit, him and Alexander Madison, the backup. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has said this week that it's still very important to him to marry the run and the pass. A couple weeks ago during their bye, they spent a long time pulling apart their running game and putting it back together. And there's been a lot of advancement in those few weeks since then. So uh, as much as they are sort of a pass first offense with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and, and, and now TJ Hawkinson, I think they very much value the running game and they've given Dalvin Cook uh, carries in almost every game this season. Yeah, you talk about the passing attack, and this will be the first time that the Vikings will see Stephon Diggs since they traded him away in 2020, and they were able to use one of those first-round draft picks to draft Justin Jefferson. So this is going to be fun to watch. What, what, has, uh, what has the Minnesota Vikings said about Diggs heading into this game? Uh, they're excited to play against him. You know, there, he still has a lot of friends in the locker room. You know, there was animosity that led to the trade, but it wasn't, to my knowledge, a, a personal animosity. It was mostly that the Vikings shifted from a passing offense to a very much a run-first offense uh, in the in the last couple years of Diggs' time here. And understandably, as a as a big-time receiver, he wanted to play in an offense that could that could maximize his skills, and that's what he got with this trade to Buffalo. And um, now that you know obviously he has several friends still here adam thielen being the big one uh they've been texting uh, all week and all season really and it really since stefan diggs left here they've still been pretty close and they're paying a jersey swap afterwards and so i know he's looking forward to it uh it, it's easier to look forward to it when you have justin jefferson on your roster after you trade a guy like diggs there was a few months there where people wondered where that extra offense was going to go but justin jefferson has slid right in and been as productive, if not more productive, than Diggs was when he was here. And so a lot easier to be excited to play Stephon Diggs when you have Justin Jefferson on your roster as well. Kevin, thank you so much. We go from Minnesota to Buffalo. Elena Gettensburg is joining us now. And uh, and probably everybody, like everybody who's got Josh Allen on fantasy, people who want to gamble on this game. I mean, your information is probably the most valuable heading into this week. So as we know, the lines move four points. Uh, in, in the Vikings direction. So if you want to read into that, but I typically don't like to read the tea leaves. I like to hear from you. So what can you tell us? What's the latest with Josh Allen? Yeah, Anita, it's been a, we're tired here in Buffalo. It's been quite a week here in Orchard Park, but Josh Allen did not participate in practice yesterday or today with that right elbow injury. So he has not been out there. Sean McDermott did not really want to say if he's thrown the football since that injury versus the Jets, but I saw him today walking off the field. He has a sleeve on that right arm. So there's a lot of rest involved in it, which is obviously part of why he's not out there practicing. He has been with his teammates out at practice. He's kind of acting like a coach and giving some feedback. Wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie said he even gave him some notes on one of his routes. So they're still here in a bit of wait and see mode with Josh Allen. The big question with him is they have a practice tomorrow. Whether or not he participates could be very telling. So we'll be looking to see if he is out there with his teammates. Okay, so that leads to my next question, and that is if he could not go, Case Keenum would get the start against his former team. So how different would this all be? How different would it look if Case Keenum gets the start this week? 
That's the big question. I was actually asking at some of the locker room today, you know, what, what does Case Keenum bring? What is different about this offense? And the answer is they're really hoping it looks pretty much the same. You know, wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie kind of made a joke that maybe Case can't quite run <laughs> the way that Josh can because really who can but you know they're hoping it looks pretty similar there's a lot of confidence in Case Keenum in this locker room the Bills traded for him in the offseason from the Browns for a reason Sean McDermott said that he's not just here to hang around they brought him in for moments like this so the offense should look pretty similar a lot of the same guys should be involved as Kevin referenced he's got that experience with Stefan Diggs they were together that whole 2017 season of of course, the Minneapolis miracle. So there's not a lot that's going to be different, but it was interesting. Left tackle Deion Dawkins did say that Case is out there and he's not trying to really be Josh. He's doing his own thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if he brings a little bit of his own wrinkle and maybe not so much of Josh is scrambling, but he's got his own talents, especially with his arm for sure. Yeah, I, I talked about it earlier. Don't sleep on Case Keenum now, right? Like, he's a 10-year vet. He's got over 60 career starts, went to the playoffs, 11-3 with Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. So uh, I hear you loud and clear. Thank you so much for joining us. So uh, a nice, nice little in-depth uh, analysis and insight uh, from both the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills beat reporters here at ESPN and Again, like I said, this is, I'm looking at the slate, you know, obviously again, start bright and early on, uh, on, on Sunday morning with Seattle and, and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, in Germany. And then uh, the Vikings and the Bills, Lions and Bears, oh my, Broncos, Titans, Jags, Chiefs. It's going to be an interesting one. Wouldn't be surprised if the Jags upset the Chiefs. I'm just saying. Browns, Dolphins, Texans, Giants, Saints, Steelers. I, I mean... Nothing really, to to me, I think it's the best game on the slate. Not to take anything, I, I, I do believe Chargers and 49ers could be entertaining. You know, obviously Washington and the Eagles on Monday night. Cards going up against the Rams. I mean, obviously the Cowboys and the Packers, but the Packers have just been god-awful. And now with so many injuries to that wide receiving core, what what possibly could Aaron Rodgers do against that Cowboys defense? And by the way, the Cowboys are coming off of a bye so for me, I, I I truly believe that the best game on the slate is that Vikings Bills game, and and I and you know you you don't want to not see Josh Allen play because he's one of the most exciting players in the NFL. But as as I was saying to Alana, like don't sleep on on Case Keenum, ten year vet. He's a pros pro. R- really, one I would I would argue top three, top five backup quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's got 64 starts under his belt, um, has been taking all the first team reps this week at practice. We know this Buffalo Bills team, they have a ton of weapons, wide receiver, wide receiving depth now in that running back. Now that they had, they brought Hines over from the Colts, tight end in Knox, solid offensive line, good defense. They get they get white back in the secondary. And don't forget, you know, this is Case Keenum going up against his former team along with Stefan Diggs. This is Stefan Diggs' first time going back up against the Minnesota Vikings after they traded him away. And of course they used that first round pick to go get Justin Jefferson. So that's gonna be fun to watch, 
right? Both those wide receivers wanting to ball out. And when Stefan Diggs and Case Keenum were in Minnesota that year, they went 11 and three. 11 and three. Also, this Minnesota Vikings defense uh, is one of the worst in the red zone. Uh, teams are converting touchdowns 80% of the time when they get into the red zone. 80% of the time. And also, don't forget Leslie Frazier, who is the Bills defensive coordinator, is was is was the former, of course, Minnesota Vikings head coach. So there's there's a lot going on here. And right now, the Buffalo Bills are favored by three and a half, but I, I, I want to believe that once the news breaks, and if it does break, that Case Keenum is going to be the starting quarterback, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this, uh, this it drops to minus one, minus one and, a, one and a half. Maybe it becomes even. I don't know. Maybe the Vikings are favored. Maybe the, it goes from Bills minus three and a half right now to Bills plus one, plus one and a half. I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm intrigued to see what the odds makers, uh, what happens with this line when that does happen. Only time will tell. Uh, quick break. We come back. Uh, I, I do want to talk about the Raiders and all that has gone down in Indianapolis this week with Jeff Saturday now being the head coach. Also, we are kind of the midway point of the season, so I thought it'd be fun if we uh, end the show strong with uh, with some futures bets out there. Most valuable player, offensive player of the year. Where does all that stand right now? There's some really good odds for you to jump on some of these futures bets. And as always, uh, Tyler and Rebecca and I, we have the discussion of who you should play in your survivor pool if you're one of the very few <laughs> that are still alive in your survivor pools. So uh, so we'll, we'll jump into all that. We'll end the show strong. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. All right, with you for uh, another six or seven minutes. If you're just tuning in, uh, Carolina did beat the Atlanta Falcons tonight, 25-15. to 15. Uh, Not a lot of great stats to share with you on the Atlanta side, and uh, very surprising to me because I was expecting this Atlanta Falcons offense to run all over Carolina, very similar to what we saw last week with Cincinnati, uh, but that uh, far from it. Um, Marcus Mariota, Huntley, Algier, and uh, Patterson were only able to put a total of 138 rushing yards uh, against this Carolina Panthers team. And meanwhile, uh, Deontay Foreman, was able to put up 130 alone, as well as scoring a touchdown. So anyway, Carolina, uh, they win. They're three and seven on uh, on the season. Atlanta loses. They're four and six on the season. And of course, in a very competitive division where uh, Tampa, uh, they're looking, of course, to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Germany on Sunday morning. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but we haven't had uh, a lot of time to talk about uh, the Raiders tonight going up against the Indianapolis Colts. And, of course, the big news this week, uh, Jim Irsay, the, uh, the the owner of the Indiana- Indianapolis Colts, fires Frank Wright and hires Jeff Saturday. Now, Jeff Saturday is 
uh, a dear friend, uh, have worked with quite often uh, in, in the time that uh, him and I spent a lot of time in Bristol. We spent a lot of time in the quote unquote green room together. And uh, that's where pretty much talent sits and, and waits for our, our hits. And so it's it's fun to sit in there and talk shop. And Jeff is one of the nicest human beings. Uh, that's for sure. So what happens now? I mean, you know, his his experience is just high school, coaching high school football, not college. Now, obviously, one of the best offensive linemen in, in the NFL and, and played with Peyton Manning, and and I could tell you he's uh, uber smart. Um, but realistically, you know, what what is he going to go back to Matty Ice? Uh, from what I understand, that's not the case. Uh, J, uh, Jonathan Taylor has been able to practice this week, which is good, especially if you have him in fantasy. So I do expect JT to be active. Will Matty Ice play? Will there be a short leash for Sam? Will Matt come in? Uh, last week, this is a, an Indianapolis Colts team 0 for 14 on third down and only averaging two yards per play on offense. I, I mean, that's just, that won't suffice. That's, it's going to get you nowhere quickly in the NFL. Um, there's an unfortunate reality for Saturday. And if I can just chime in real quick. He, oh yeah, absolutely. Please. He <clears throat> has so much experience that he's the kind of guy that you're, that you look to groom into that transition, right? The, the transition from the player to the coach. And it doesn't happen very often in the NFL. A lot of times you get coaches that move up from college and they kind of just work their way up onto the big stage. With Saturday, he's got so much experience as a player. He's the kind of guy that you that you envision making that transition if the time comes. But the unfortunate reality for him is that he's not the answer. He's not gonna he's not, you know, the saving grace for this team. And even if he puts his best foot forward, even if he demonstrates that he is able to make that transition he's not being set up for success. And so while I'm rooting for Saturday, he's not the answer. Yeah, I don't, here's the thing. I think this is about grooming. I don't think this is about him coming in and trying to change this around. I I, I think the Colts are going to lose a lot of games uh, remaining in the NFL. And and I think they're going to be in the mix to go out and get one of these top quarterbacks coming out of college. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ursay sticks with, with Saturday. So I, I think this is, I think you're, you're spot on, Tyler, but I don't think this is about, well, you know, is, is Jeff Saturday going to turn this team around now? And if he does, we're going to keep him. I think this is about getting Saturday's feet wet now um, to see what he can do next season, especially with a young quarterback that I do believe they anticipate go out, going out and, and drafting in the NFL draft. That's just, again, this is just my, my two cents and what I think yeah. is going to happen here. Totally. Um, by the way, uh, this is a Colts team that's been outscored 118 to 42 in the first half of games. It's the largest point differential of any team in the NFL. So how am I playing this? You know, don't forget you've got a Raiders team. Darren Waller has been placed on IR today because of a hamstring. Renfro has been placed on IR because of an oblique. You know, Matt Collins could be a good, sneaky good pickup play for you in fantasy. Okay, keep that in mind. Uh, interesting, uh, interested to see what those numbers are going to be, what, what what's going to come out there. But how would I play this if I was going to play this game? I'd play the Raiders minus one in the first quarter, the Raiders minus three in the first half. Also, I like the under here. The under has hit 
in this Colts uh, has hit in this this uh, this Colts team and in, in in their games eight and one, eight and one, the under has hit for the Indianapolis Colts. So that that's how I would play it. I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to dive into these futures bets. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time. We're we're up against the clock, so uh, I'm going to save these for next week uh, because there there's and and, and hopefully the 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 lines and the odds won't change because I, I wanted to share them with you while you're still getting some plus money but maybe I'll just hold on to that and we'll do that next week in regards to survivor plays um, the San Francisco 49ers uh, over the Chargers the Chicago Bears over Detroit or the Giants over Houston now I mean obviously the the easy pick here is you you want to say you know possibly Kansas City right but um, I like the Giants, so that's who I'm rolling with. Hey, I want to thank Tyler and Rebecca, of course, for helping produce the show. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Good luck gambling this week. I'm Anita Marks. This is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.